Hello, I'm Chris. And I'm Sean. And this is Monsters and Mythos, a podcast where we take a look at the races of monsters of Dungeons and Dragons and compare them to their folkloric and mythological counterparts. Now, we had a request that we do the Tiefling, which, hey, I'm excited to do, play Tiefling in our current campaign. But before we can really discuss the Tiefling, we have to cover Devils and Demons because they are the whole core of what a Tiefling is. And so this episode, we will be discussing demons and devils, uh, how they are in Dungeons and Dragons, some of the tales from our world that has bled over. And I'm excited to get into it. Uh, yeah, man, an awesome topic that is quite vast, honestly. Uh, demons and devils, uh, similar ways of life for two completely different D&D monsters. Uh, plenty to talk about today, for sure. All right, and so with that, we will begin with the D&D aspects on them. So take it away, Sean. Okay, so uh, first off, let me say that this is going to be an overview of a very broad topic, because what we are talking about with demons and devils is other planar entities. And uh, there are so many variants, it would make our show hours long to stop and touch on every single one. So I've decided it's probably easiest to get a grand scope of these creatures by kind of taking a view of their home planes and what it is to uh, what it takes to thrive and survive there. Uh, the, the home planes of these creatures being uh, the abyss and the nine hells, of course. So, uh, in this uh, Demons and Dev Devils episode, first let's start with demons and their home plane, the infinite layers of the abyss. It's endless layers spiraling downward, each uniquely horrifying and in its own state of crumbling, corrosion, or decay. Uh, the abyss creates demons as extensions of itself, forming fiends from filth and viscera. Uh, however, the layers of the abyss are each defined by a powerful demon lord that rules over it. The uh, physical properties of each layer of the abyss uh, will be warped and influenced by the demon lord uh, who uh, claims it as their own. Uh, to list every layer, both great and small, would be impossible as they are vast in number and ever-changing. Instead, we will visit you know, just a few more of the infamous uh, uh, demon lords and their own you know, private realms where they, they all seek to... Uh, you know, conquer the abyss in one way or another uh it's it's important to know that most demon lords if not all are warring to expand their influence over the abyss and farther warring with one another as much as with other realms so before we get into these demon lords and their realms though let's talk uh, uh the the opposite side of the spectrum the the demon lord obviously being you know the uh, uh tip top notch of the uh that the abyss has to offer you know the the uh, higher uh the, the highest uh on the hierarchy i guess <laughs> um but uh so we are going to talk uh, about uh, before we get into more about these demon lords and their realms let's go to the opposite side of the spectrum the lowliest of the low yet arguably one of the most important this would be a type of demon known as a manes 
uh, the souls of evil creatures that descend into the abyss become manes. These are like bloated looking uh, undead humanoids with formidable claws and teeth, uh, always in a constant state of like rot or decay of some kind. Uh, not not only evil souls that descend, but also souls of living persons brought to the abyss, or even live persons brought to the abyss, all are at risk of becoming a main. The main has many uses in the abyss. Uh, wild ones may live long enough to become lesser or even greater demons uh, if they aren't slain first. Uh, some of the greater demons and demon lords consume these creatures, uh, giving them power and sustenance. Uh, as, as the lowest form of demon, aside from being consumed, killing them only results in them becoming vapors, which then reform another main at a later point in time. Uh, it is the only type of uh, demon known to do this, as being slain within the abyss itself, within the, the dark plane, uh, is the only true way to permanently kill demons, which is why... They don't mind fighting to the death on the other planes because, well, when they die elsewhere, they respawn on their home layer of the abyss. Of the abyss, and this is, you know, for all demons, you know, greater, lesser, and even these mains. Uh, so basically, it breaks down like this: the hierarchy, anyway. So mains serve all of the demons. The lesser demons are the next up on the hierarchy, and there's a, a plethora of variants. Followed by the greater demons, uh, uh, which you know also a plenty of variants and then finally by demon lords uh while demon lords and greater demons may be may be able to uh promote subordinates uh, uh to elevated ranks it's rare as to uh not want competition amongst the ranks and also uh, uh is less a reward and more like uh for a need uh you know uh, a, a pit fiend or, or, or some sort of demon to say need uh, have a small army of mains and need them to become you know the various different uh, uh, variants of of lesser demons to be a much more effective like fighting force uh, demons respect power and power alone greater demons command scores of lesser demons because of their ability to simply destroy demons that dare to disobey you know uh, a demon grows its power and status with every slain enemy. So without going too deep into each of these uh, individual variants of lesser and greater demons, well, possibly another episode, who knows, because uh, uh, there are just so many. Uh, let's focus on uh, some of the more well-known demon lords of the abyss and their layers that they call home. These are kind of some uh, popular names that you may or may not recognize. Uh, um, made popular in and around D&D and uh, just kind of all sorts of fantasy lore, really. Uh, but uh, the first on the list is the Demogorg the Demogorgon, uh, also known as the Prince of Demons, inspiring fear and hatred amongst demons and demon lords alike. A horrifying hodgepodge of beasts with the uh, torso of a snake, and, and as large as and as powerful as a great ape, standing three times the height of a man, you know, with webbed, clawed feet, a pronged, thrashing tail, sucking tentacles take the place of arms, and two baleful baboon heads sit atop its shoulders. You know, kind of a, a terrifying hodgepodge of a <laughs> of a monster in and of itself. Um, and his lair is known as the Gaping Maw, 
a vast primeval continent covered in dense jungle, surrounded by seemingly endless expanses of ocean. A place where even powerful demons are prone to going insane with fear. Uh, and moving on to uh, another popular one, uh, Bof- I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I swear I've heard Matt Mercer say it once or twice, <laughs> Baphomet, uh, um, uh, also known as the Horned King. Uh, appearing as a, uh, a black-furred minotaur with iron horns, a blood-soaked mouth atop its head is an iron crown that is topped with the severed heads of his enemies. Red eyes staring forth, Baphomet's layer of the abyss is known as the Endless Maze. This layer of the abyss is a never-ending dungeon, crooked hallways, and a myriad of chambers. Uh, at the center of this layer, Baphomet's personal palace. So, uh, and one, just one more to, uh, uh, kind of, uh, fill out some of these demons here. And, um, finally we'll talk about Loth, the demon queen of spiders, also the main deity of the drow, uh, appearing often as a lithe, beautiful drow maiden or as a large demonic spider, her layer of the abyss is known as the demon web an immense network of thick uh, uh, matted webbing that forms near infinite passageways and cocoon like chambers uh sorry not matted ma- thick magical webbing that forms these near infinite passageways and, and cocoon like chambers so as you can see uh, the abyss is quite the uh, plane of existence, and those few beings that excel at living and, and thriving in these uh, environments, this kind of like chaotic environment, i.e. demons, uh, are uh, quite formidable in any realm. Uh, by any chance, did uh, anything I had to say about demons come close to what you looked up in real life? Well, yeah, there's a lot of similarities with that. I think the bigger difference is going to be the devil part that comes through. And uh, I did find information on three-fourths of the demons that you mentioned. Only Loth does not exist in uh, our folklore or mythology. All right. Well, uh, so uh, even though there are you know, many demon lords and, and layers of the abyss. Uh, let's move to something more finite. <laughs> the, the home of devils in D&D. The Nine Hells of Bator. Uh, as you can imagine, there are nine layers to this realm, and the uh, fabled River Styx runs through them all. Only the most powerful and courageous of heroes can withstand the, the horror and torment of such places. Each layer of the Nine Hells is round by an archdevil of some sort. Each layer also seems to have a sort of uh, hellish theme to it. Uh, each landscape vastly different, but equally horrific. Uh, uh, devils live to conquer, enslave, and oppress, taking delight in lording their powers over others. It is uh, in the devil's nature to scheme, creating uh, in most of them a desire to rule rather than be ruled. Uh, with that being said, uh, what arch devil is uh, ruling what layer seems to sometimes fluctuate with the devil's devilish ambitions and, of course, uh, uh, who can gain the favor of Asmodeus. So, 
I guess let's let's start at the top, I suppose, with Asmodeus himself, the ruler of all the Nine Hells, uh, the most powerful and feared archdevil uh, in the Nine Hells, formerly known as Asmodeus the Archduke of Nessus. Nessus, of course, being the uh, name for the ninth layer of hell. Uh, Asmodeus has each archdevil of each of the nine hells swear fealty to him, and in turn, each archdevil score, uh, has scores of greater devils at their beck and call. Each greater devil commands scores of lesser devils, and uh, you know, and even below the lesser devils, the weakest yet possibly most important devil. The Lemur. A Lemur arises when a mortal soul is twisted by an evil and, and, and uh, or banished to the nine hells for eternity. Uh, and it is from Lemurs that lesser demons spawn. So archdevils and greater devils have the power to promote Lemurs to lesser devils. Archdevils can also promote lesser devils to greater devils, but uh, Asmodeus alone can promote a greater devil to uh, archdevil status. Uh, Low-level promotions are based on uh, a need. Uh, a pit fiend transforms a couple of Lemurs into, into imps so that he can gain some invisible spies under his command. Uh, uh, versus like high-level promotions from like lesser to greater demon types are based on like merit. Uh, like when a bone devil is promoted to a, a horned devil by the arc devil it serves, you know. So uh, um, now you can kind of see into the hierarchy and, and how mortal souls, i.e. Lemurs, are an important base for uh, you know uh, gaining and extending one's power and or armies within the nine hells. Uh, you can you can kind of see how things operate. Also, you know, Lemures, similar to the mains prior, um, don't die when they are killed in hell unless you kill them with like uh, some sort of holy weapon or holy water or something. Uh, uh, they just kind of uh, respawn uh, at a later point. So that's kind of a, a good thing to note. So uh, as we're Moving forward here, one thing to note uh, about devils, uh, one thing devils are famous for is traveling the plains by way of portals or powerful summoning magic, uh, loving to make deals with mortals who seek some benefit or prize. Devils are skilled negotiators and ruthless enforcers of an agreement or contract. Moreover, a contract with even the lowliest of devils is enforced with Asmodeus's will. Uh, any creature that breaks a contract instantly forfeits its soul, which is then dragged to the Nine Hells. Devils often accept no other currency for the fiendish power and boons they can provide to, for one's soul, uh, um, other than one's soul, you know. And, uh, you know, contracts are usually completed when the mortal dies naturally, but not always. Sometimes uh, snatching the soul from still-living mortals should the uh, stipulations of the contract allow. Uh, however, uh, as devils are immortal, it is all too easy for them to wait out a mortal's natural lifespan in order to gain, you know, servitude of its soul. Um, so... In accordance with their kind of uh, life lawful alignment, devils will obey their superiors whether they like them or not, uh, knowing obedience is eventually rewarded. The, the hierarchy of the plane comes down to a devil's unswerving loyalty, keeping law and order. Unlike the chaos of the abyss, uh, uh, alas... Uh, Demotions to devils are handed out for failures, not just, you know, promotions. 
Um, however, a devil cannot uh, demote a, a, a devil of lesser status that has not sworn fealty to it. So it, you know, kind of stops the uh, arch devils from, uh, you know, uh, demoting you know, their uh, competition's most capable minions. Um, so you see kind of how uh, demons and devils have some similar aspects. They, they both require a significant amount of, like, corrupted mortal souls to function proper. And uh, the mains and the lemure having similar roles, uh, you see a similar hierarchy uh, uh, kind of... Um, to point out you know uh this uh so so again rather than uh go over like 20 something variants we just kind of took a hand uh, like a uh, kind of a broad look uh an outlook i guess on their planes of origin because when you think about it i mean uh there are infinite possibilities for variants like just uh like um you know just as the material plane has a plethora of life or you know our plane or whatever um though those realms are not quite as hospitable uh, it is possible that they host a, a wide range of life forms as well you know an abyssal bush or perhaps like a void fish also maybe a, a devil tree or maybe uh this devil tree is containing some devil squirrels you know and, and so on and so forth so so hopefully i've shed a little bit of light on like the D's version of the chaotic demons of the abyss and and then the lawfully evil devils in the nine hells so uh did anything i uh, brought up come close to the uh demons for you i mean devils for you oh absolutely uh i also like that they are the original letter of the law you better get exactly what you want in writing and spell it out pro appropriately you say a hundred bucks a hundred male deer are going to come crashing through your living room yeah exactly and uh yeah for it to be enforced by asmodeus's will you know like that's pretty i don't know it's kind of a interesting fun lore i had a good time looking up a lot of this well that's awesome uh was there anything else to add or um nope that's about all i got on the uh devils and demons uh aspect of it like i said i, I could have uh uh, gone on for ages you know various you know the the greater uh, demons the lesser demons and, and devils and uh the arch devils as well as like the individual levels of the nine hells but we only have so uh, uh much time uh, per episode so uh, rather than ramble on uh, uh, about uh you know stat blocks and various entire chapters of the dungeon master guide uh, i think i'll just turn it over to you <laughs> Well, thank you for that. That was definitely a uh, big dump of information, but it helps uh, players get an idea of, especially newer players, how they can enter into those worlds. And yeah, like you said, you could definitely go on to a long tangent and maybe we'll do a bonus episode or create a Patreon where we discuss individuals because that could probably fill a few years by itself. Hey, that might work out. But the big difference in demons of D&D versus demons in our own folklore and mythology is that there is not really a difference of demon and devil. A devil is a type of demon, but not every demon is a devil. Uh, and so I think that's where the big uh, difference would come in. You're not talking about two born types of factions. You're talking about the bosses, which would be your devils and their subsequent names, and then demons, which 
can include your little peons and lieutenants. But once they reach a certain level, it's like, nope, that's a devil. So where do we get the word demon? Uh, demon is actually a Greek word uh, pronounced demon. And it just meant a spirit or a divine power. It actually didn't carry any negative uh, connotations to it. In fact, when Plato was discussing Socrates, he used the word demon to describe his inspiration as to why he was so smart and able to do what he did. It is later on, especially with the mixture of uh, Persian belief in what a demon is, that really gave it that evil. Uh, before that, they might consider just... Uh, any spirit uh and it would also be and used interchangeably for a god in a classic greek so when we get into persian uh there they have a few deities the first one hit it when it moves on me All right, so you had uh, demons could be benevolent, but typically were used for more villainous, terrorizing creatures. Uh, one such one was Lamashtu, who was described as having the head of a lion, teeth of a donkey, naked breasts, a hairy body, hands stained with blood, long fingers and fingernails and the feet of Anzu. So as you can tell, a real beautiful woman. And of course, since it's an ancient thing, she has to have naked breasts. Uh, she was believed to feed on the blood of human infants and was actually the uh, scapegoat for a lot of stillbirths or children who died of sits. So she was very feared. You then had Pazuzu, who would also come through, and he was described as having a canine face with bulging eyes, scaly body, a snake-headed penis, talons of a bird, and usually wings. He was also evil and would uh, bring pestilence, but he was also believed that he could force Lamashtu back to the underworld. So pregnant women and new mothers would actually carry an amulet of him to protect their children. Them uh, Mesopotamians really had a way to describe uh, gods, didn't they? Yes, yeah, snake dick. That, that's, that's a new one. You know? <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> and then after that... Uh, you start to get into Judaism, and in a lot of forms of Judaism, they do not believe in demons. Uh, there's just not a real thing. It's images what people ascribe divinity to. Uh, however, there are tales of demonic creatures. Uh, it was believed that Solomon captured demons and helped them build his temple. Uh, the big demon for that was Asmodeus, 
who is described as king of the demons. Uh, he fell in love with a woman named Sarah, and because he was so in love with her and she wasn't having any of it, he killed seven of her husbands. The angel Raphael then came to Tobias and told her, told him how Sarah could overcome Asmodeus and defeat him. And so that's what he did. Uh, later on, you get into uh, such thing as Kabbalah, and they believed that demons would attach themselves to a sinner. They were a product of human sin. And then they would start to multiply upon a sinner. So the only way you got a demon on you was by doing evil shit. And they do not act independently. They could only do what they were told. Uh, from there, you get into Christianity where demons definitely take a more evil uh, role. And that's when anything that may not have even been prescribed as a demon became one. They were the chaos in the world. They were the anti-God group and just pure evil. Devils are more named demons. And we actually know them, but we would call it a devil. But they were also classified as demons, such as Lucifer. Lucifer was the demonic prince of hell, one of the nine, seven hells, as each were named after a sin or a vice. And Lucifer was ruled the land of pride. And we think of his story, the one who raised everybody to go against God out of pride. That's why that became his kingdom. We still call him the devil, but he is only one of a type. Uh, Beelzebub rules envy. Satan rules the realm of wrath. Abaddon rules sloth. Mammon rules greed. Belphegor rules gluttony. And Asmodeus ruled lust. And so that's kind of what made doing devils a little bit harder than I thought it would be. I, you know, oh yeah, everybody knows the devil. Well, it's not a devil or the devil. It's a devil and a devil is a demon. <laughs> but there are a lot of tales of uh, deals made with the devil. And the biggest known one is Faust where he sold his soul so that he would receive beyond mortal understanding and knowledge. He wanted to know everything. And it ends in tragedy as his soul is taken. There's also a lot of stories of people outsmarting the devil, which I think a lot of that is more because it's, even though you do wicked, you can still get out of it, usually through salvation. You just have to use wit and be uh, repentant. Uh, to go into some of the demons you mentioned, uh, well, we can start with Baphomet. Baphomet was not actually a demon or a devil in its own right. 
back when the Knight Templar were around and they were starting to be accused of evil, it was said that they worshipped a goat-headed devil called Baphomet, even though there's absolutely no proof of this ever happening. But that's where they got the Baphomet from, and it carried over until it became part of our actual uh, list of devils. The Demogorgon is actually from Greek, which I was surprised I didn't even realize that. Uh, but it wasn't a major thing. It was associated with the underworld, and that's about all they have on it. Uh, he is speaking of the Demogorgon, the Supreme God, whose name it is not permitted to know. And that's written about 300-400 A.D., but otherwise, there's no other mention of the Demogorgon, and really didn't do much. And then Mainz, which I also didn't know, uh, just meant pretty much a ground uh, deity, and thought to represent souls of deceased ones. And it was said uh, that out of the three types of spirits, you have the good, the ill, and then the mains, which is uncertain whether they deserve well or ill. So you're kind of limbo sort of demon. And so with all of that, I mean, demons are used in uh, Native American tribes, such as with the Wendigo, which is considered an evil spirit that eats flesh, cannibalistic. Also, what could be considered a demon. Uh, there's demons in Japanese, but again, they're usually considered evil spirits, not necessarily a demonic force as we think of them today. Uh, in Hinduism, you've got like the Rakshasa, which is a type of demon. Uh, ancient Chinese. So they're definitely all around. It's just that they're either an evil spirit, which is a very broad term, or... They are just evil chaos incarnate, not created, but just there to bring ill to man. And then the devil could be the fallen angels or just the high-ranking demons. So what can you do with that? I think the big thing you could do is instead of having demons and devils necessarily separate things and factions... You could have demons and devils working together, sharing the same stat block, but the devil is the ruler or a lieutenant, and your demons are little peons running around causing the chaos. I think that would be fun, because especially if you're dealing with experienced players who are used to demons and devils being two groups that don't like each other, I mean, Crips and Bloods, Hells Angels and Mongols type deal, then when you throw this little mix at him of a more uh, folklore, mythology, uh, happiness, they're not going to know what to do because now they got chaos and order, but all evil coming at them. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree. Like, I, I find that uh, while they uh, are technically separated as, like, different, like, creatures from different planes of existence, uh, demons being uh, one type and devils being another, I find that uh, the uh, Nine Hells and the Abyss uh, sometimes have very similar, you know, landscapes and Denzians, and that uh, if... The uh, demons uh, seeking power within the abyss are really trying to climb the ranks, and then, uh, in the same retrospect, that the you know the devils in the nine hells are also trying to you know climb the ranks, maybe knock off an arch devil to become the next big thing. You know, um, I feel like uh, they could uh, potentially benefit from one another. So like, it, I, I think it it would it, it's a definitely like a pleasant mixing if you you know uh, putting them um, together and using them as like a team is kind of uh, um uh, i don't know it's it's just good thought fodder plus you know when you think about it like the nine hells and the abyss are both a pretty terrifying description of of an otherworldly hell you know like so it's like uh it makes sense that maybe on some level yeah they might be competing against one another in a sense that you know evil beings powerful evil beings might be capable of like using one another to get their um, ends you know whatever they may be uh, but at the same time, they don't necessarily need to be adversaries. They could be, you know, allies, you know, doing this, that, and the other thing. Plus, I notice as I'm flipping through all this kind of stuff that typically uh, there is a beast uh, uh, known as a fiend and uh, uh, in D&D, which is kind of like a third uh, uh, um, participant in this uh, uh, duo, really. A fiend is a Denzian uh, uh, that uh, is typically found in both realms, uh, the Abyss and the Nine Hells. So there are already, you know, creatures that uh, uh, would claim either realm as home. Depend, you know, like I said, they have kind of similar uh, topographies in some case, some similar geologies of like uh, terror and torment. But uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, using the classic alignment chart, I pictured demons as chaotic evil, uh, devils as lawful evil, and that would probably make the fiends neutral evil. But, I mean, they could work together. You have somebody who's a stickler for rules, throw them in hell of chaos. I mean, <laughs> that would drive them nuts. Or if somebody likes to just do whatever and skirt it, put them in the hell of rule and order and That'll break their spirit in a heartbeat. Exactly. Kind of, you know, even though one represents more, uh, you know, a chaoticness to it, you know, power rules all chaos. And the other kind of is like law and order and like a structured type of power set up, you know, uh, you know, it's just you could run with it in any which way, really. It's uh, definitely kind of a. I don't know. I would always assume that these planes would be aligned with each other, at least on some extent of, you know, wanting to conquer and kill or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Although I do find it interesting that they put Asmodeus as the king of the demons itself, which, I mean, he was considered that, but in general, we consider Lucifer, Satan, as king of hell. <laughs> Right, and I think that that came from like you know when you when you well when you're talking about like uh, deities and things like uh, you know mistranslations probably you know but also 
uh it's hard to like you know like i had uh, i've had players in the past that uh were kind of like sketch about uh their character worshiping a deity and uh you know it was because of their own faith you know and uh, you know having faith is you know good thing for, uh, potentially and uh you know but uh, i had to explain to them that uh there are aspects of this game where uh i as a dungeon master may have to like uh 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 say for lack of a better word impersonate uh, uh your deities like miracles or act as their voice outright you know and it's like i don't i don't necessarily want to like pretend to be jesus and then say something super terrible <laughs> or something you know like super something super sacrilegious uh, just not really knowing uh, any better you know i don't know I don't want to be uh, responsible for like you know, uh, words that you feel are coming from your actual deity, you know. <laughs> That's probably they, why they'll willing to use real demons for uh, the hells, but typically not real gods, unless it's one like Thor or Odin. Which, yeah, they can see say some uh, pretty despicable things at times. <laughs> Uh, but it's so much easier to impersonate like a, a Thor or an Odin or a Zeus when you when you talk about you know uh, a single omnipotent god of some kind that's loosely defined by various parameters. It's a lot more difficult. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else to add before we close it up? Uh nope. Just uh, if you want to. Uh, uh, Tune in to me and Chris doing more nerdy shit. Go check out my YouTube channel. It is all one word, Tater Brain Pod. Go check it out. All right, and we are on socials. Uh, we are on Threads and Instagram as at Monsters Mythos. We are on X at Monsters underscore Mythos, and we are do have a Facebook page, Monsters ampersand the and symbol Mythos. Uh, if you also have any questions or comments or any topics you would like to hear us do sooner rather than later, uh, you can email us at monstersandmythos, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>